Hello everyone, I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. All right, welcome back, queens. We have the fantastic Sarah Gray here today, so let me give you a little bit of information about her before we get started. Sarah Gray founded Fit Tonic to make whole body health easier. She's a former NCAA Division I athlete with a biology degree and a lifelong interest in the impact of nutrition and movement on her health. An avid athlete, Gray runs, weight trains, bikes, hikes, swims, yogas, and she always on the lookout for a new challenge. Along the way, she discovered that as a developed tenacity and resilience by pushing through her fitness boundaries, she also developed the Oh, I think I messed that up. Sorry about that. The tenacity and resilience she needed to transform her life, which kind of came in handy because in her 20s, Gray was a broke single mother working as a waitress on welfare insurance, sleeping with her infant son in her arms on a family member's couch. When her son was five months old, she enrolled in law school, determined to provide for him. After graduating with honors, she joined a prestigious law firm as a litigator and developed a successful career. She's now the mother of four sons, married to her best friend and workout partner, and crushing new goals every day. Gray understands feelings of failure, but she also knows what it means to break through and transform your life step by step until you're ready to unleash into a race finisher sprint. She's continued to overcome obstacles, whether it's in the courtroom or on the gym floor. <laughs> Gray created Fitonic for other women who also want to climb mountains, who need to do that thing that seems impossible until it isn't. Sarah, thanks so much for being on. You have a great story. Yeah. And we're so excited to uh, hear a little bit more today. <clears throat> oh, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about your story of being a single mom, becoming the founder of Photonic, and a successful lawyer plus a four-decade <laughs> athlete. You're busy. I mean, <laughs> just a few busy. things to mention. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of story. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so um, <clears throat> I guess I guess – for me, one of the really um, shaping parts of my life was uh, when I was 26, and um, and found you know found myself very surprised by an unexpected pregnancy, mm-hmm. and wasn't prepared for it at all. wasn't financially prepared for it. wasn't emotionally you know I wasn't mature enough. Or it was just quite an overwhelming, um, terrifying experience. And um, and when my when my son was about uh, you know five months old, I figured I just had to. I had to figure out how to become somebody he could rely on and look up to. And, um, and so that really started me on my, my biggest transformation of, of my life. Um, we were, you know, in what I now, now lovingly call a real pickle. And, um, <laughs> and so we just, you know, but what, it was one of those situations where you're, you're kind of at your rock bottom and, and it makes, you know, JK Rowling said it makes a really firm foundation on which to build your life. And that's what we did. So, um, so, you know, kind of step over step, we, we climbed out of that space 
and um, and I built a very successful career and life. And and then in reflecting on that years later, I I, I kind of felt tugged thinking, how do we do that? You know, that wasn't statistically what was supposed to happen mm-hmm. for us. Uh, you know, when we would fall asleep at night, he was in my arms and we would we would push dining room chairs up against the couch to make it as though we were in this little crib <laughs> together. <laughs> and um, and so so I thought I thought a lot about how how we were able to, to shift it and, and what made that uh, unique for us. And I and I kept coming back to uh, what I had learned through movement and particularly in in, in playing athletics at the level that I did and just that sense of, of tenacity and grit mm-hmm. uh, that you form, that uh, imbil- ability to endure and, um, and to do things that are really hard <laughs> to keep doing them, even when you really, really want to stop. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I felt like that, that mindset that I developed through movement um, was what helped me transform my life. And so I wanted to help change the message that women get, I think about fitness and wellness and their own movement mm-hmm. and help them really embrace and enjoy and celebrate um, all the ways that it is transformative. And so from that, uh, I, I built Photonic. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. What made you decide to go into law before that? Um, when I was, you know, when, when my, my oldest son was little and we were just in that spot, um, and honestly, it, it just simply felt like the fastest path I could figure out to being able to provide for him. Mm-hmm. How old is that five month old now? He is what I refer to as my man child. He's, <laughs> he's, he's 18. Wow. And, um, and he's it's actually been remarkable because he's got tremendous, tremendous uh, graphic design and technical skills. And so mm-hmm. the labels that you see, he and I uh, developed together. We, oh, we, we hired several different branding groups and we couldn't get it right. And so he and I just held up for about 50 hours and we hammered them out. A number of our, our shirts he designed. And I mean, it's wherever you see Photonic, there's there's always a little bit of H in there somewhere. Yeah, that's cool. Who better to understand yeah. your vision than your son that's been with you from the beginning, right? It, yes. And I, and I tell you, when when he, you know, we, we had this huge event this weekend, Photonic Fit Fest, and I got home from it and he, and he said, how did we do? And every time <laughs> he says we, I just look at him, I think. Oh right! <laughs> you see this as, as for you too, and it, it's 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 really really rewarding. Oh, that's super cool. So one of the things I'd love to ask you is, you know, it's not always easy as a successful woman. Um, I think a lot of times, women are some of our hardest critics. How yes. did you navigate this world when everybody kind of turned their back on you? Um, well, I think I navigated it very imperfectly for a long time, <laughs> and. Um, and 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 now I think I have figured out um, something genuinely amazing, and I and I hope that it will will be helpful to to, to others. But um, I, I I agree that women can be very harsh critics of each other, mm-hmm. and we also can be very harsh critics of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And 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 in all that criticism floating around, we make a lot of assumptions about what, how other women see us. And, um, and we, we make assumptions about how they're criticizing us and how often they're criticizing all of it, all of it. And it just sort of grows, right? 
from from these assumptions that we make, our own feelings of self-doubt and, and the self-critic that we have in our head. Um, and so I struggled with it for a very long time. And, and in fact, for many, many years, I think I, this is going to sound silly, I, I almost pretended to not be a woman, um, particularly in the, the sector that I was in. Mm-hmm. I encountered so few women and I just sort of tried to hide among men. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I was like, wait, they totally figured this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hiding. <laughs> and, and, and so, so, so after that, um, you know, failed experiment, I said, well, I just kind of have to embrace this, but then how, how do I, you know, connect with women? Because Photonics brand is built mm-hmm. on celebrating the everyday female athlete. And I wanted to celebrate and, and highlight, shine a spotlight on women. And at the same time, I felt really uncertain if women would accept me, which is a weird space to mm-hmm. be in. Um, but, but ultimately, what I, what I committed to doing, and I think this is life-changing. I mean, this is the best. I've never, I've never heard of a medicine, a food, a workout that does, does a, a better thing than this. I committed like quit cold turkey the way that you would like quit cigarettes or whatever. I quit cold turkey saying anything negative about any other human being, mm. any circumstance or myself. I just quit it cold turkey. What a great and challenge. So, yeah, I like oh, that. <laughs> I mean, it will, it, you will be, it's, it's amazing the headspace that frees up. It's amazing when uh, the opportunities that start to come your way, mm-hmm. when you don't spend minutes of your day focused on the negativity. Um, and, and then what, what also ends up happening is people start to gravitate towards you because you're a, a warm place for them. Mm-hmm. And, and even when, when I've seen women across the room and I think, oh, I don't think they like me or, you know, I think they're kind of giving me this vibe that mm-hmm. it's a judgy moment. And then I think, you know, hey, baby, it's 2019. You don't you know, you have to have that headspace. So walk on over there, give her a big hug and see what's going on. Yeah. And every time I do that, it's just the same thing over and over again, where the other human being is just really relieved to have somebody happy to see them. So I think my short answer is the way to get through it is to simply not do it. Mm-hmm. Just don't participate in it. Yeah. Because how many times is that a reflection of probably something we're insecure in our own self? Mm-hmm. So we look mm-hmm. for that to find it. So we're going to make that the Sarah Gray Fitonic Challenge on social media when we put her stuff. I am thinking of <laughs> oh, like, you know, working with individuals in therapy and relationships and communication, how much, first of all, like you said, mind writing and assumption making is going on. That's mm-hmm. left. That's not being said at all. And then also the conversations, the mean stuff that's going on in your head towards mm-hmm. the other person, like, oh, my gosh, that's such a waste of time because yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not even yeah. true, really. <laughs> right, right. But as part of that, as part of that, you, you have to give up gossip. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. know that sounds really, really silly, but 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 we do. It's really addictive and it's always, always negative. Tell me the last yeah. time people were gossiping <laughs> about, like, an amazing, wonderful thing. <laughs> that. that wouldn't so, be gossip, right? right why why right. do you think it's so hard for women to, like, what is that about that gossiping stuff that we tend to do? I don't know if I, I feel like we do it more than men, but what do you think that's all about? I think, honestly, Mm -hmm. I think it's a way to relate. I think it's a way that we Mm -hmm. can feel, um, you know, endeared to somebody else. I've got something I can share with you. I've got something I can tell, tell you, or uh, this is going to sound kind of funky. I remember years and years and years ago, reading a poem called the bleeder. It was about a a kid who, um, 
was a hemophiliac, so he had to sit on the sidelines of a playground. And, and the quote that has stayed with me all these decades was, um, he took us from our private spite and offered our bullying a common cause. Mm-hmm. And and so I think what happens is when we gossip or when we talk negatively about each other, particularly mm-hmm. women talking about other women, it makes us feel bonded mm-hmm. with the person we're sitting with. The problem is mm-hmm. then in our heads, we hear all that negativity mm-hmm. and a lot of it becomes sort of the cloak that we wear throughout the day covering our own selves Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's great I thanks so much for sharing that just kind of the consequences to gossip too in terms of like women relationships and um, professionalism too Um, kind of going um, another route can you share some of your visualization secrets with us that you that you yourself have found and used that have worked oh yeah this is such a great question and I and I think there's, you know, few things that people could do that will shift their lives as much as this. Um, I'm a really visual person. And, um, and so I, I've done this a couple of different ways and, and all of them help. And I kind of think sometimes you just have to pick what's working for you right then. Um, so one of the things that, that really helped me to build Photonic is at that time, um, I felt very intimidated by the prospects. I didn't know other people who had done something like this. And, um, and so it, it felt really intimidating because I'd already, I'd already built up a really nice, secure life. And so the idea of doing something so wild um, was scary. And so what I would do is I would journal forward. So I would write every morning in a journal, but instead of telling about the day I had the day before, I would tell about the day I was going to have in five Ooh, years. I like yeah, that. It's, yeah, yeah, it was great. And so I would sit there and I would describe myself and describe what I was doing and who I was doing it with and where I was and all these things. And and I would always use present tense, not like I will in the future, but it was more like <laughs> yeah, this was really funny. I remember like today I met Bobby Flay. There's a part of me that. I, I, I knew I wanted to, to kind of think through recipes for ways that people could use some of the satanic products. And so mm-hmm. I always remember that one. But I would always, you know, <laughs> be like, here, you know, today we finally launched in London. And it was amazing because this is a fabulous city. I hadn't been to London at that point. I'd never been there, but I was pretty sure it was a fabulous city. And, <laughs> and so I would journal forward and I would convince myself that that's what life would look like. And that was soul shaping um, because if you don't, you, you have to put a description to it. Um, if you haven't seen it before, it's, it's easier when I think, let's say your, your parent is doing the thing you want to do. You've seen it, you know what it looks like. You kind of have an idea of how to get there. And, and there's not, you know, you can, all you have to do is picture yourself in their shoes. But if you want to do a thing you have not seen a human being do before, you have to start really brick by brick building the the structure. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I've done a lot and I was even working on just a couple of days ago are vision boards. And I think these are fantastic and, I'll, and I will you know put them together both visually and then also have written parts to it. Um, but I'll spend I'll spend a lot of time um, and mul- over multiple days and sometimes over multiple weeks thinking through here's some things that I really want to accomplish. And what are the pictures, the words that help me 
see it and remember that these are my priorities because otherwise I feel like life just happens to us mm-hmm. and so we really need to carve out a visual space for like this is what the next quarter six months or year is going to look like and what's so cool about it is for example um I knew there were a handful of places I really wanted to travel to and last year for example I did not do my vision board and I didn't get to any of those places mm-hmm. and and so this year I did and literally within 48 hours, I had my plane tickets booked, my hotels booked, you know, all these things <laughs> because it became so tangible mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Well, you give us such great tips. Kara and I work a lot in the eating disorder realm and both she and I are like, oh, that journaling activity would be so really great for somebody clients. that can't yeah. vision what recovery looks like. Mm-hmm. So right. now they could just right. journal forward. Journal forward, I like that mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us, how can one develop their own voice and just go for it? You sound so confident in everything that you're working towards. I'm sure you had plenty of obstacles in the way, but how can women learn from you? Well, I, I feel like that's a little bit of a two-part, two-part question because um, I didn't always sound so confident. <laughs> um, and, and where I am now with that is, is sort of in that same headspace that I was talking to you about before where I just don't say negative things. It doesn't mean that ideas don't come to my mind that might be negative, but I don't let them be actionable. Because mm. once I once they come out of my mouth, they become actionable. Um, they become more concrete and I choose to not believe every thought that I have. So I'm selective with the thoughts that come into my mind that I will put into action. Um, and, and one of the things that I now firmly believe and, and, and when those, you know, thoughts pop up, um, or when there's an opportunity to decide how I feel about something is the thing that I, I say in my head is, you know, live, I live my life as if everything's rigged in my favor. So when we did this, um, you know, huge Photonic Fit Fest this weekend, coming up to it, that was our very first event. We didn't know what to expect. You know, we didn't know would people show up? Was it going to be me? <laughs> Party <laughs> one. There's yeah, always yeah. that worry. Yeah. And so, but, but I, I didn't want to spend weeks and weeks hand wringing, not sleeping at night, um, you know, terrified that what a horrible way to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, this sounds miserable. Why do the things that are your heart's passion just to have weeks of misery. That's yeah. awful. So instead, what I decided to do is I said, I'm going to live life like everything's rigged in my favor. I don't know how this is going to be fabulous. <laughs> I don't know in what form this will be fabulous. I guess if it's just me, I'm going to have the best dance party of my life. But any which way this goes, this is going to be set up for my success. And it will be for me to uncover how, you know, where, where that success lies in it. And then, um, and so that's one of the ways that I think you find your own voice is is by believing what you have to share is significant. It matters. You might not not see the ways like you might not see the impact right away. You just have to trust that what you're doing, if it's coming from a good place, is useful. And so I think that's one of the ways that you find your voice, because I think when we instead try to imitate other people's voices or even worse, where we try to adapt a voice that is not true to ourselves, but we think would be popular or successful, Mm -hmm. um, then one, it never works. And and two, we live in all this anxiety because we can't ever keep the cover up. 
um, you know, it's like the, the leopard changing its spots, like it doesn't happen. So, so as long as you are true to yourself and what you say, developing your voice and you believe that you have something to share, then I feel like that is, that's your sweet spot. But the other piece that I want to say to that is most of the time, and I think for particularly for women, most of the time that takes a while to get yourself in that mindset mm-hmm. because for so many women, we spend years and years and years in a really quiet, uncertain space with our voice. Mm-hmm. And, and then when we speak, what we constantly feel is this worry of rejection or worry of judgment. I just spoke with a woman yesterday who had the opportunity to give a speech in this remarkable setting. I mean, you know, one of those jaw dropping, like, wow, you get to do that. And just beating herself up in tears about, you know, I really botched this part of what Mm -hmm. I said. I really screwed this up. And I was like, hey, friend, let's take a step back. You just got to be part of X, Y, and Z. That is amazing. (laughs) So, again, I think it really goes back to, you know, where your focus goes, your energy flows. And focus on, you know, just focus on the positive pieces of what you're doing. We can get in our own head so much about, and that can be a scary space sometimes. Well, is it Brene Brown in her book where she talks about if you're looking for the universe to tell you you're not pretty enough, you'll find it. If you're looking for the universe yeah. to tell you you're, you're not skinny enough, you'll find it. You can always find some sort of flaw, but, yes. you know, finding positivity is not so easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah, can I think be. You, yeah, I think you have to really commit to the story. So when people assume that it's easy to get into that headspace or that they're doing it wrong because they don't just naturally have that headspace. Like don't, don't give up because you don't automatically pop out of bed Mm -hmm. feeling that way. Mm -hmm. How I talk about it is we shouldn't wear our emotional pajamas all day. Right. Like Mm. (laughs) jammies. Yes. Not emotional jammies. Like, like, like we all wake up how we wake up. And the fact that we, mm-hmm. you know, are just sitting around in what I'll call a comfortable headspace, which is often a negative headspace. Our brains weren't hardwired to be happy. Our brains are hardwired to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that often means identifying threats and risks. Right. And so if, if that's if you just sit there and stuck in sort of your lizard brain space, mm-hmm. then you aren't going to feel super great. Mm-hmm. So um so I think you have to every day take off the emotional pajamas and put on, you know, sort of that emotional outfit you want to wear. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> You've got lots of quote, yes. quotes that we're going to be using right. here. you got some good <laughs> stuff. I was just thinking about being a mother of four boys. You probably had to find your voice. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have it for them, I bet. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, well, Sarah, you, this is such a great topic. We yeah. haven't talked about any of this related to kind of um, just the female mind and our confidence mm-hmm. and um, our support of each other. So some great stuff for our listeners today. Um, we like to end each interview with like how our um, interviewees live out the fit philosophy of being so busy, especially probably this has been kind of a a learning curve for you of finding the balance in terms of performance, health, intellect, and taking time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think what, what has worked best for me is, um, and I don't know if this is 
goes in opposite of the philosophy, but I've given up on balance. I don't Mm -hmm. strive for it. Um, I strive to integrate into my days the things that I will be glad to have had as part of my days when I'm old, if I'm so lucky to be old. Um, (laughs) And and so so rather than striving for balance, there, there are things that I don't even want to balance. I don't want them in my day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so instead, it's being so much more intentional and selective about what gets to be a part of my day. And I think for so many years, I lived my life, um, you know, really trying to um, maneuver other people's courses, mm-hmm. you know, assuming that other people had some plan for me that if I checked all the boxes, I'd, um, you know, get a gold star. And, and then at some point I finally realized that it it was such a futile um, exercise and I was just wasting year after year. And, and so now I'm very, very intentional and I select the things that are part of my day based on what works for me, what, what is rewarding, what provides meaning for me and what is a positive force in my life. And then I let the chips fall. And, and if it means that things that felt like a warm, secure blanket um, go away out of my life, that's okay because I trust that new things will come in. Oh, I like that answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're such a wise woman. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for coming on. And we just love hearing your story. And we'll be sure to put where um, our listeners can connect with you. So thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Likewise. Bye, Sarah. Bye, Queens. Bye. Take care. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing soon of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com, to find out when the release date is set and when it'll be on Amazon. Bye, Queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. And Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, Queens.